Hello there. You're listening to the Box Office Show. I'm Ryan Hill. And I'm Dylan Johnson. Today we're going to be talking about the box office numbers from last weekend and our box office predictions for this upcoming weekend. We'll also give an update to our 2022 box office draft, see how each of our rosters are doing. Then we'll give our review for the David Leach, Brad Pitt team-up action comedy, Bullet Train. start out with some news sadly we must report on the passing of olivia newton john who passed away at 73 of course she is most well known for her role as sandy in greece so that was pretty tragic to learn about that over the weekend yeah. um but yeah uh some brighter news i suppose keanu reeves you're a big fan of him as oh, most yeah. people are he is starring in the tv series devil in the white city which is about a serial killing spree at the 1893 world's fair that Leonardo DiCaprio has had his eyes on for a decade at this point. He bought the rights back in 2010, and he's been trying to get it made with Martin Scorsese. They will be producing it. Leonardo obviously won't, I guess, be acting in the starring role, and no word yet on whether Scorsese will be doing any directing for the series, but they will certainly have their hands involved creatively. So how do you feel about that? Are you excited? I was more excited when it was going to be a movie with Leo starring and Scorsese directing. Mm-hmm. I'm not as excited for it to be a TV show. I own the book and I haven't read it yet, but I plan on reading it soon. It's on my list of books that I need to read. I'm kind of, I guess I'm still excited. I love Keanu Reeves, but it seems like it's going to be a tall order acting wise. And <laughs> I wouldn't say I'm a big fan of Keanu for his acting. Right. Particularly. Yeah. His... I, I'm more of his, I'm more of a fan of his comedy acting than his drama acting. And this seems very drama heavy. Right. And so yeah, we'll his see. Physical stuff is definitely what yeah, he's most known for. His action work and in some of cases his like comedy work, like in Bill and Ted, that's what he's like known for doing well in. In terms of like drama, like point break and things like that. Even though point break's pretty action-y, it has like pretty good drama in it as well. But mm-hmm. like his his dramatic acting is not something he is uh praised for, I suppose. Exactly. Yeah, for me, I don't think it's an automatic watch, but I'll keep my eye on it. I'll yeah, see I agree. what people are saying when it comes out. Maybe I'll give it a watch then. Uh, <laughs> I doubt this will be an automatic watch for you either. Pac-Man is getting a movie. Depends. It depends. depends. It could be is, is this live movie. action or is it animated? Um, it's a good question. I don't think it's going to be <laughs> live action. That'd be crazy. If it that was animated, which it probably will be, I might check it out. Because I remember playing Pac-Man World 2, which is a 3D Pac-Man game. Mm-hmm. where pac-man lives in pac village and they have a big tree in the center that has the golden fruit on it and then the ghosts come and they unleash the power of the evil spirit that's underneath the tree and he steals the fruit <laughs> golden fruit and gives it to the ghosts and your goal is to hunt down the ghosts kill them and take the golden fruit and that game is fucking awesome <laughs> so if they stick to something similar to that where it's like pac-man and he lives in pac village and he has to fight the ghosts and it's voiced by chris pratt that'd be fucking awesome <laughs> of course yeah chris pratt has to be involved in some way not that you're mentioning that i feel like i also played an 
like did you 3d type pac-man game i'm trying to remember the pac-man world 2 was i don't even know if i beat it it's so hard i should because i ha- i i can see it from here it's on my it's in my like collection of gamecube dvds is there a next moment, to my gamecube i could play there... i could set it up within five minutes if i wanted to to play it and i just haven't <laughs> yeah. done it wow we might need to get together and do that the game co- the for the games it's already plugged in it's already hooked up i'd have to throw in the game and turn it on and i could just start playing it again i should no, do it so i can beat it you should you know it really torques me out though what? i had a gamecube i don't know if you ever mm-hmm. knew that but i mean there'd be a time where mason whenever he would come over early in high school when we had no classes we'd yeah, play yeah. that and i had a bunch of different games on there but i had mario kart double dash dude that game's the best i have it, it. so good i have well, it well then i will be coming over we to your place it. very soon remember we have, and we remember I it and i loved it and i was like this is great and you all you guys were getting game. fed up with it yeah because yeah. you're an ass you're like one more time one more time one more time because i was watching bro and it was fun it was fun regardless but especially because i was winning but yeah the whatever, game was fun all the races yeah. were fun those maps are burned into my brain whatever happened to your gamecube i don't know do you i still have the games uh i a few of them i do but most of them have gone too i think my brother did something with it where i don't know because why would he have sold it i just if don't you get... if you still and have he the says games, he doesn't know what happened to it either but yeah if you have the game still to the best of my knowledge i believe i have another gamecube at the house at my dad's house if you want to buy it for like 30 bucks wow. it's yours as long as my brother doesn't want it which i doubt he does Right. I don't yeah, know what? why we had a second. It's like a purple GameCube, I think. I don't know why we had a second one because, to the best of my knowledge, I only remember having one. I don't know where the second one came from because, like, and I've had, I've been holding on to this one from my brother <laughs> ever since I, ever since I moved out. I've had this GameCube, and I was like, this is the one we grew up with, the GameCube. And then I went back to my dad's house at some point to like grab some other stuff, and I saw another GameCube, and I was like, what the fuck? Why do we have two? Mm-hmm. We never had two growing up. I swear. Interesting. We had and one GameCube and we had one PS2, and that's the only things we ever played. We're so GameCube you have a surplus of GameCubes, and I am sadly missing a GameCube. Yeah, we have a closet all that's filled out. with GameCubes. <laughs> We've hoarded the them. One hoarding all the GameCubes, yeah. I'm I'll, about, have to, I'll get to the bottom of it, of what happened, and see I if I have about, any of the games left. I was thinking about going on eBay and finding like old GameCube and PlayStation 2 games that I can play, because that was like that was, those were the peak of... like simple fun games where we're exactly. gamecube and playstation yes. 2 like there's still good games coming out but they're so complicated and so draining these <laughs> games are very straightforward you're pac-man you're three-dimensional you can jump and you can turn you can eat the little yellow orb and go like crazy superpower mode and all you have to do is get from point a to point b that's all you do yeah. is you jump and you when you run you don't fight you don't do anything you jump and you run that's a crash bandicoot i love those you know i love uh, dude Cooper, i have crash team racing games. I have Crash Team Racing, and I have all of the Sly Cooper games. Nice. Yeah, that was the other thing. My PS2, I do know what happened to those. They keep breaking. The original one broke, and then we had to get another one, and that one mm-hmm. also broke, which pains my heart, because yeah. I do have all those games still, because I wanted to hold on to them. I'd my, love to go back and play them, but My alas. PS2 is technically broken, because like it won't run if the lid isn't closed, and the lid, the latch doesn't work anymore, so I have to tape it. And then once I tape it, it works. Hmm. Okay, but hey, man. At least it does yeah, function. If that's the worst issue, I'm I'm living. I mean, that thing's like you've had it since like 2006, probably. It's old. That's these great. are old systems. Mm-hmm. And the only one I don't use anymore is the PS3. I don't even know why I have it still. Yeah, I also I think my mom got rid of it at some point, but I also had that for the longest time, and sadly it passed away and stopped working. Yeah, I should sucks. get rid of the I should get rid of my PS3 and my PS4 now that I have the PS5. You're getting rid of the PS4. 
I don't need it. I, I can play every single game I own for the PS4 on the PS5. That's pretty cool that they're able to yeah. do that. Like and I don't need compatible. it. And I can sell it somewhere between 150 to 200 for at GameStop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's still good that those things are... I mean, yeah. You Semi-older really value. Need it. Yeah, exactly. And they still function just as well as the PS5 does. I mean, most of the things you do in that you can do with the PS4, which yeah. for me works well because, I mean, I'll never need any of the crazy processing power for the huge games yeah, no. that you would need for a PS5. I do hope, though, at some point when I'm older, I'll be able to build up my collection again of like the PS2, PS3, GameCube, all that stuff. Hopefully there will still be, I don't know, because, I mean, they would stop manufacturing it, but you would hope they would recognize there's like some mm-hmm. potential, some value in having the like antique yeah. systems at that point. I like playing the GameCube and the PS2 games on the original systems because I think it's more fun. But for the PS3, I'm not like super attached to it or any of the games I played on it really. So mm-hmm. I'm okay like emulating them through like PlayStation Now or whatever the new PlayStation thing is that they have on the PS5 and just be like playing on there. Because for uh, those, it's for the game. But for the the GameCube games and the PS2, it's for that old timey feel of using that controller, having sure. that boot up screen. Oh, it's so that, good. It's so good. Bro, the GameCube one where it goes do 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 bonk. Yep. Dude, it's so good. <laughs> and then the PS2 that goes <laughs> Yeah, it is great though. Yeah. Both that stuff. So, yep. That's a fun little detour. Pac-Man. I know if they're able to weekend. If they're able to play off on that nostalgia, you never know. Yeah, man. If they make it play. like Pac-Man World 2, I'll definitely go check it out. <laughs> that game is wicked. Nice. Okay. And now moving to our final news story. Ezra Miller, back in the news, continuing with uh, the escapades. Ezra Miller has been charged with burglary in Vermont. Apparently he stole alcohol from a house, and they apparently had located Ezra Miller and were able to give an order. So no arrest took place. That was like some misreporting going on, but apparently they did locate Ezra Miller and were able to give an order to appear for arraignment on September 26th, which is basically just reading out the charges officially. So that is supposed to be coming up in about a month and a couple weeks. At this time, The Flash is still scheduled to release theatrically, but we have been getting continuously more reports about Warner Brothers Discovery having talks about what to do with this film. Do you think at this point with this new development that they're still... And post Batgirl getting canceled, now there's a precedent for them to do it. Do you still think that they'll send it to theaters, or will they can it entirely? Um, I saw a thing online that like leaked what Warner Brothers was debating, and they said that they had like three different options. The first option was uh, still throw it out in theaters, but take Ezra Miller and just do may have him do an interview like a an interview that explains all this erratic behavior and then cut him from any press for the movie and just do all the other actors doing press and then release the movie and then recast the flash after it mm-hmm. and then the third option is take it from theaters put it on hbo max and still just do very minimal press with ezra miller and then the third option is just can it entirely which would be unprecedented for a 200 million dollar budget movie right. i don't think there's any way they're gonna can the whole thing like batgirl it's already done like it's already in post and they've spent that money it would just be throwing money away at that point as opposed to a tax break that Batgirl was they would make no money back if they threw away the flash so they're never going to do that they're going to release it in one way or another I think if I had to guess what they were going to do 
I think they're still going to throw it in. Things will be option one. They're going to throw it in theaters. They might make Ezra Miller do like an interview where he explains his behavior, but I doubt he'd even do it. That would be so interesting be great to see. Interview. Just to see. Because how can you? How can you explain it and justify it? Because this is wild stuff and just like yeah. months, a month long bender of going wild. Yeah. So that would be very interesting to see from like mm. just a spectator standpoint. But yeah, I don't know if. I don't know if he'd be I, do it. Like, I don't think he'd do it. I think well, yeah. at the very least, they're going to cut him from all press. Like, he's not going to do any press junkets. He's not going to do any appearances on any late night shows or any of that. He's not going to promote the movie at all on Insta or anything like that. No, He so might not even not. go to the premiere, honestly. They might just show it, get it out of the way. People will pay to see it. They'll make a, they'll maybe break even, hopefully, if they are hoping for anything. They probably will for, because of my, well, you know, that's the other thing that they've been saying is apparently it's a really good movie. Like, it's been testing extremely well. That's and it also is supposed to be like their reset, basically, to bring it into a new era post Snyder. Mm. So it's a very critical film for what they want to do with their plans with DC. But then also it's a good film, apparently. And, you know, DC, it's not the most common occurrence. So they wanted to have that big blockbuster event, yeah. an event film as well. Yeah, because it's bringing in Michael Keaton and having these other cameos. So they would want to preserve that. Yeah. So it would be truly insane if all of that got taken away because of the star's erratic behavior. And mm -hmm. I would also, I, I just wouldn't like that. I wouldn't like everyone's effort, everyone who contributed to it, all getting torn down yeah. um, and overlooked just because of one person's behavior. I it was I would, the same. It was the same problem with like all the money in the world, or with like uh, uh, West Side Story, the new one. Like mm -hmm. one actor like in the middle of post-production, one actor like ruins it all and like gets a whole movie thrown out. That seems ridiculous. Like, yeah, there's other change. ways to go about it. Like so many people have put in their work and their effort. And like, yes, they most times sometimes they have like ties in on the back end. So when you give money to the movie, the actor might make money off of it. But most of the time it's they get paid up front like mm -hmm. a, a, a percentage or something like that. But. And I'm sure, I don't know what the like, contracts are, but there has to be some sort of, I don't know, like ethical or morality clause or whatever that yeah. he has, Ezra Miller has breached at this point. Oh, so that they could sure. maybe cancel any like back end payments that they would have to give. And they so, could also probably cancel any future appearances. Oh, that's for sure. There's flash, no yeah. way he's appearing in any future projects. Yeah. But certainly for this film, they could also probably finagle He's definitely already violated some kind of ethical moral morality clause in any of his contracts. Yeah. For sure by now. And so. My guess is what they're going to do is they're going to cut him from all press. They're, I doubt he's going to do any kind of interview. They might just want to be quiet and not do anything at all, or they at all. And then they're going to release the movie in theaters. Ezra Miller's not going to be anywhere near it. They're not going to be at the premiere or anything like that. It's probably going to be Michael Keaton and the other actors doing all the press and things like that. And then they'll show it in theaters get it out of the way, make whatever money they make, and just recast. Agreed. Unless something in these next, because we have, what, 11 months or something before it? Unless mm -hmm. something turns around and Ezra Miller is able to get like help, go to, I don't know if it's a rehab situation he, he needs to go to or what, but if something like that happens where he goes on this big mea culpa campaign and owns up to everything and then turns his life around yeah, if he does an apology tour he might be able to turn around at this point maybe yeah and he's like he's his head screwed on right then if maybe gibson they would be okay if mel gibson could do it like <laughs> three times i think ezra miller could do it once exactly that's the only way i could see them 
putting Ezra Miller on the press tour or anything like that. Yeah. Um, and again, it would have to be a thing where it would just constantly be like owning up to it and be like, yeah, that was horrible, but I'm in a better place now. If they're not able to reliably, like believe that that would reliably happen, then yeah, they're not going to risk it and attach him to the movie any more than he already is. So they're not going to uh, do any sort of press tour with him. So yeah, I think the most likely option is still theaters, no press tour for Ezra. Everyone else is on it. Um, so yeah, that seems to be the most likely option, but we will continue to see if any other crazy developments happen, if the Flash will end up getting taken out, which would be, again, crazy, unprecedented, insane. Yeah, I agree. Anyway, we can move on to our box office breakdown for August 5th to the 7th. Once again, we have another weekend where our top 10 is all over 1 million. Congrats to all the movies that participated. Let's start <laughs> off with number one, my pick, Bullet Terrain. Made 30 million. Mm -hmm. Disappointing a little bit, but we take the punches with the with the wins and we move on. You, I mean, you only have I can always blamed. switch it if I want to. I can always switch it to a movie that hasn't come out yet. That's true, but you you built up the expectations to a ludicrous level. That's true. Week. I'm like probably going to I'm probably going to throw out a new like probably switch it up. I'll have yeah. to do some more research. Maybe next week I'll announce a, a replacement cuz this is kind of disappointing and I don't want to rely on it. Interesting. I'm sure um, something I could pick will make more later. Already this year. tossing it to the side. Nope. Uh, in second place, DC League of Super Pets with 11 million. After that was Nope with 8.5 million. It is now just about across 100 million domestically. Congratulations to Jordan Peele. Mm -hmm. Thor: Love and Thunder 7.7 million. Minions: Rise of Gru 7.1 7 million. Top Gun: Maverick with 7 million. Where the <laughs> read it <laughs> where the craw daddies sing 5.6 million easter sunday with 5.4 million elvis with 3.9 million and the black phone 1.5 million so there nice. we go now we can there's nothing coming out this weekend really at all for the box office so instead we will take this time to look back on the roster on the films that have come out so far and see where we were at with the box office draft. So Dylan, you have four films out, including mm -hmm. Bullet Train that just came out this weekend. So go through your your tally right now. I'm sure you will be pleased to look I'm back on pleased, all yeah. of it. I have The Batman, which made 770 million. Jurassic World, which made 960 million, almost there. Minions, 759 million, and Bullet Train, which has so far made 62 million. And I will most likely switch that for a movie that is coming out later this year that is to be determined. My total is 2.55 billion, which has surpassed my 2021 draft roster, which was 1.95 billion. So I'm exactly. already doing six, like 500 million. Or five, yeah, 500 million better than last year, which exactly. is great. Exactly. That's and a another, whole movie. Exactly. And another. And, I, and Black Panther hasn't even come out yet. Yep. So you still have one. I'm remaining. doing fantastic. I'm satisfied with these totals, except for Bullet Train, of course. I'm really looking forward to switching out Bullet Train for something that might make. I want something that'll end up around at least 300 million, which Bullet Train won't. So, like, it if might. I, so, I don't think so. It was one weekend. It's only been out one weekend. I mean, that's I true. We can maybe get there. I mean, I'll, I have to look at the movies that are coming out later this year to see if I have a, if there is a stronger pick. If there isn't, I'll stay with it. But I feel like there's definitely going to be something coming out later this year that I could put my money behind. Maybe 
maybe like a wild pick, kind of like Top Gun Maverick would have been. Fucking pissed. <laughs> but but overall, I'm very satisfied with the Batman, Jurassic World, and Minions. I think they all performed really strongly, and I'm they satisfied did. with how they did. And uh, I'm excited to see how Black Panther 2 goes. And hopefully, my hope is that I can hit, I, I will definitely hit 3 billion, but I'm hoping that I can hit like, 3.2 3.3 billion in addition to whatever i might switch bullet train for gotcha so yeah and also as a fun fact every one of your film besides bullet train which just came out all of your films have beaten your highest grossing film from your previous roster which was f9 at 726 million Thank so God. again you're doing extremely well three of your films already beating out your highest film last time god bless mm-hmm. so coming over to my roster we have Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness with 954 million. We have Thor with 700 million. And in between there, we have Lightyear with a disappointing, soul crushing, heartbreaking 224 million. You love to see it. Bringing my total to 1.88 billion. So over 650 million behind yours currently. Mm-hmm. And I am going to invoke the wild card clause right now oh no he's gonna replace lightyear and toss lightyear to the side oh shit indeed so i still have avatar and i'm still extremely confident that i will win sure (laughs) given avatar plus black Black adam which will do okay but black adam didn't do shit it's gonna do fine but black panther let's say it'll get one billion maybe mm-hmm. it's not going to go too far beyond that but maybe it can get up to 1 billion so that would put you at 3.55 billion, 5 billion. Mm-hmm. whatever black adam and my wild part wild card pick get me as long as it's not a difference of 1.5 billion between you and me then we'll be good and there's no way it'll be that big of a difference because avatar Let's will see. be able to uh make 1.5 billion again for don't sure. forget 2.55 billion is not taking into account Bullet Train's whole run, nor is it any replacement I might make for Bullet Train. So I think a better estimate, if you're saying that Black Panther is going to do close to a billion, I think a better estimate would be like 3.8 billion, maybe 3.7, 3.8 billion is what you're aiming to beat. Gotcha. And I think, oh, I, I think it'll be, I think it'll definitely be closer this year than last year for sure. Thank God. Oh, it will. Yeah. So I really, I'm Last not going to make a, blow. a call. I am nervous, I will say. More nervous than I was a few weeks ago. But we will see. It depends on what you say right now. What is your, what are you replacing Lightyear with? Well, we'll be honest. It was slim pickings for the sure remainder is. of the year. That's why I'm worried about Bullet Train. Uh, so yeah, honestly, Bullet Train, I think is <laughs> you really think probably the best, the best bet that you have. Yeah, we'll see, besides yeah. what I'm going to take. Um, I'm going to go ahead and take Shazam fury of the gods wow shazam and black adam you're breaking mm-hmm. your rules now you said only two well, superhero picks. Wow. yeah and that was before Lightyear absolutely was trash now you have so that was my selection for beginning. Movies. all gloves are off when it comes time to make wow. up the ground that we have in between us so yeah i'm four picking shazam movies. i know you hate to see it but you do. those are the only blockbusters that are out man uh so shazam Pure of the Gods. The original Shazam made 366 million worldwide. I'm thinking, given the fact that it was a good movie, people probably caught up on it with HBO Max. Since then, maybe if they get a post-credit scene with Black Adam, which I'm sure they will, 
There's going to apparently be cameos and whatnot in there, I think. And it's a nice family movie. So even though it's coming out around the same time as Avatar, mm. I think it'll play to a slightly different audience. I think people will be able to go and see both films over the holidays. We've seen like that coexisting two films where there's one massive one, like Star Wars of Force Awakens, and there's a secondary blockbuster that cleans up as well, like Jumanji. So we've seen that happen before. Yeah, but we've also, also seen we've also seen things where Spider Man and Matrix come out at the same time and Matrix gets demolished. That's true. But So it's a risk. That was a little bit yeah. But Matrix was not quite playing to the same audience as say a Shazam would be or Jumanji. Perhaps. Matrix I mean, was three hundred and sixty six isn't like the best to bet on in terms of like a sequel. You know what? It's better than Lightyear. You're <laughs> so. correct. I think you I think you can definitely beat Lightyear's total with Shazam. I just don't think it's gonna go that much higher. I think three hundred might be your ceiling. I think five hundred million is what Shazam's gonna get. I, I think it's just going to be a sequel that has goodwill from the previous film. It's going to be a holiday family film. People are gonna be able to go out and see it. Again, it's nice counter program to Avatar. I think they can coexist. I've seen it before. So I think, I think it'll do 500 mil. I think Avatar is going to feed off of it in the same way that Spider-Man fed off Matrix. And I think you didn't learn your lesson from last year. I think you're going to get bit the same way. But I still think, to be fair, it will do better than Lightyear. So not the worst pick. Gotcha. Again, I think Shazam and Matrix are fundamentally different. Matrix was an R-rated film that was also coming on HBO Max at the same time. Again, we'll and see. it was a legacy sequel. The two previous sequels of the Matrix franchise were not good. So all those reasons combined, I think they're pretty different. I think we'll, and it's a lot more of a regular movie we'll year this year than it was in 2021. So again, I think, I think it'll be different. I think they will coexist. It's not going to be like gangbusters, which Shazam gets, but it certainly will get more in light year, which is all I needed to do. And I think it can crawl up to 500 million which would be quite nice. Yeah. <laughs> so we we'll will see. see. Again, I mean, I don't know what you're going to end up selecting. There's like nothing else that I think could reasonably get over 350 mil. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> okay. So why don't we talk about Bullet Train, the film that you're going to be casting off of your roster. Most likely. A week and a half. Um, so... We'll see. Yeah. I mean, maybe I'll give it a few more weeks. I got to see what's coming out. I'll, I'll give you an update next week. I'll do research this week and I'll give you an update next week on how long I'm going to wait before I cast it out and if I'm going to cast it out at all. Well, yeah, there's no rush because it's not like any major things coming out in the rest of August. So very, very, it true. would be in the fall, late in the fall that any movie would be a contender. Big true. Big facts. Mm -hmm. So Bullet Train, David Leach again starring. He did Deadpool 2, Hobbs and Shaw. He was the stunt coordinator for John Wick. He's a longtime stunt coordinator, apparently. Mm -hmm. A man who's worked with Brad Pitt. And so now that he's a director, him and Brad Pitt have teamed up with another, uh, with many other actors in this ensemble. He directed Deadpool too, right? Yep. Yeah. He sure did. So he did all of that. And now we have this film, Bullet Train, which both of us were looking forward to earlier in the year. We liked the premise of it. We wanted to see it. sounded nice to us. So now that we have seen it, what are your thoughts? Initial impressions. Um, I had fun with it. You know me. I love it when you have an action mystery going on in one location. That's you know I true. can get down with that shit. So I did dig that a lot. 
But there were a lot of slow moments in the beginning that I was not 100% behind. And there were definitely a lot of times where the mystery would cap off and I'd be like, uh, yeah, I guess that makes sense. I do like the idea of them tying into those themes of good luck, bad luck versus fate. I like the the what they're trying to do with it. I just mm-hmm. don't think it worked perfectly, but I think it was definitely there enough to be like, I see what they're doing. I get it. Yeah, I agree with that point. I said, like, it's better that they had something in there, like some sort of theme that we were coalescing around uh, than to have just nothing at all. But I agree with you that I don't think it entirely worked. I don't think it entirely came together. But overall, for me, I thought it was fun. I liked it. Uh, like I said, the premise, again, that bringing together these assassins on one location and they're all going after the same sort of MacGuffin and there's a mystery involved to it. I really like that setup. I think they could have done a bit more mm-hmm. with the premise. I think they could have yeah. tied things together in a way that was more clever. But yeah. for what it was, I think the action they had was well choreographed, utilizing the setting and like the environment um, mm-hmm. in order to play into that action. I thought that was good. Um, it's certainly... <laughs> very stylized very oh, high yeah. energy very frantic i do like it i do like um, I stylism at a certain point it can get a bit overbearing and exhausting um and i think it also no, i dug it you dug it the whole way through i, dug it. I think partially it contributed to at the end in the third act they wanted to have this big grand finale action set piece that could top everything that came before it mm-hmm. um in order to like give this big payoff to all this propulsive energy that they're trying to build into the rest of it and i don't think that worked because it was less grounded it was a lot more of a cgi fest it felt very marvelized at times where they had misplaced banter out of nowhere and an unnecessary gag that undercut the tension so for me the like grand finale of it didn't quite work but oh and i also agree with you about the whole like the mystery and when they revealed some things i don't know if that stuff entirely worked it was quite convoluted and i was like trying to follow along and again because of the like frantic pace you're like just given these things are just thrown at you and you have to like try and keep it all in your head keep it straight in your head um and then when it all yeah. came together at the end again i don't think it was um entirely mind-blowing or all that no. intriguing so i will say though the uh i'm gonna spoil it a little bit now we're gonna get into a little bit of spoilers but the well, uh what oh i said well but oh sorry it. you cut out for a second the uh the whole plot twist of like the Carver plot twist. I thought mm-hmm. it was pretty funny. Yeah. I, I thought, thought that was, was funny. funny. That was a good gag. Um, yeah. With the cameos. The cameos <laughs> were really good. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was fun that it was a, uh, since David Leach did Deadpool two, Ryan Reynolds had a cameo mm-hmm. from Brad Pitt in that. And so now it's returning the favor. I like so that, that it was Ryan Reynolds. And then beyond that, I also thought it was funny that, uh i just like the idea that his the whole thing caps off in him being there because of the bad luck of him taking the job because carver was out sick i think that is hilarious like it definitely capped off in a way where like oh it's super convoluted and ridiculous but the end of it where that is like the punchline is pretty great yeah i I, like the rest of it got forgiven because of that Mm -hmm. i don't know if entirely forgiven but that definitely was the bright spot of that whole convoluted thing that they were going for there um, and it just has a few other notes. I did think that like, yeah, so that plot line, the whole white death plot line, I don't know if that entirely worked, but there were other plot mm-hmm. lines and threads that they had that I did like, like I could actively feel myself 
uh, rooting against certain characters and rooting for certain characters and mm -hmm. not wanting them to die. So that told me I was at least attached and invested in certain yeah. elements that were going on there. So yeah, overall, I thought it was an enjoyable time. Yeah. So. I will say in terms of like, like the stylism of it, I thought it was cool. You might disagree, but when it, when they were doing like story time and it cut away from the, the train bits and did like flashbacks, I thought all the flashbacks they did were over like way over stylized in a good way. Like, the white death explanation, I thought it worked really well visually. I thought Bad Bunny's little bit worked really good. I thought yeah. the bit where they do they count the bodies as they're killing like, them. Kill I thought, count, cut away. Yeah, I thought I that thought was that good. Really good. All of those, uh, I think, mostly worked for me. Yeah, okay, I thought good. it was weird. Though, I thought they bad, were good. The Bad Bunny one just was, just because it was so brief, like we see him. Then we cut I away to something I, else. And then we cut back to his backstory and then to him. And I do yeah. like the transition of like, us seeing why he's mad and showing up to this train all ready to kill some people. Yeah, structurally but, wise, I didn't like that they he like gets on the train to attack him and then they cut to a, another storyline exactly, for a very yeah. long time. I wish they had gone from him like visually seeing Brad Pitt to cutting to the explanation, giving that full explanation, and then cut back to him attacking Brad Pitt and then cut to whatever that secondary plot line was with, I think, uh, Joey King. I think that's what they yeah. cut to. I, I wish they hadn't cut to Joey King, then cut back to the Bad Bunny part. Because I thought it would have been funny if you get this huge Bad Bunny backstory where he's like going through growing up, becoming like a big assassin, <laughs> becoming the best assassin in Mexico, suffering tragedy that his wife and his entire family is killed at his wedding, struggling to figure out who killed them, finding his way to the train, fighting Brad Pitt and immediately dying. I thought yeah. that would have been like a very good payoff if that had been structured that way, but they cut too much. And so like the, the bit didn't work as well. Agreed. Yeah. So that's my, the cutaways themselves, I think worked, but just some of the placements that they had in the film, I think, I don't know, it's hard to balance that out of like having good place for the flashbacks where it doesn't break up the action in the present day too much. And I feel like they didn't entirely hit the mark with every single one of those, but the content of the cutaways themselves, like the kill count one, bad bunnies, uh, and then the white death, particularly with the, his little revolver trick where he's like, yeah, he rolls uh, spinning the sleeve. cylinder down his sleeve. Yeah. That was, super that was cool. sick. And they had to show it twice. And I was like, yeah, you, you got should, it. It was that good. <laughs> that whole bit where he's like destroying the pat, like the Japanese mansion. And he has like, everyone's fighting with fire and stuff around him. And he ha he's just a big Hulk dude. And he has like this awesome, like Katsugi mask on and he's walking through and he has the revolver and rolls on. Like that whole thing was just shot so well. And it just looks badass. Mm, it was kind of weird that it ended up being Michael Shannon. <laughs> I know. I, think, was, I don't think he was bad. I just thought it was weird that it was him. Yeah. And I knew it was, not I, my I should have known it was him too. Cause he was in the trailer. Like they showed him in the trailer. I should have figured it would be Michael Shannon, but somehow I forgot. Yeah, I didn't remember that from the trailer either. Um, so yeah, what did you think of our main man, Ladybug, Brad Pitt? I mean, Brad Pitt's just great in everything. He is. It's fun to just see. You can't him. make Brad Pitt it. bad. Yeah, he's just so good in everything. Agreed. And I liked his like the therapy self help sayings that he would dish yeah. out every now and then. Like I, I enjoyed that gag a lot. Um, and then, as you said earlier, like the whole themes that they're trying to bring in of fate and luck and him being called ladybug and he thinks he has bad luck um like i like where they're going with it but again i don't think it was an amazing like theme that they were able to tie together um 
in the most satisfying ways. But again, better to have it in there than not at all. I will say with his character, I was confused at times about what his motivations were and why exactly he was doing things he was doing. Like when he went to go see Lemon, Mm -hmm. he was already at that point like, look, I'll just give you the case. I'll go my own way. Like whatever. We don't have to fight this out or anything. Why didn't he just bring the case to him and just give it over to him and then just leave? That's a good question. I think maybe he had to go back through that car to get the case. And if he's going to walk by. But he already, because he fought Bad Bunny with the case. Yeah. That was like part of a prop in the thing. So then he left the case in that car, went mm-hmm. to go find Lemon, sat down with him and like had that chat. I just don't know why he wouldn't have brought the case with him. And same deal later on when he's fighting Tangerine. He's already at this point where he's like, I'm not going to fulfill my mission. Like he's already trying to get off the train. He just doesn't want to get killed anymore. He could have just told Tangerine immediately where the train was. Like when he was hiding out in that, I don't know what it was, but there was like a curtain that he could have pulled back and there's like mannequin that fell out. Um, the He could have just told him then, hey, here's a briefcase, there's a mistake, blah, blah, blah. It seemed weird that his motivation was at that point, like trying to get off the train. I felt there should have been something in order to raise the stakes where like he does have to fulfill this mission or else something horrible is going to happen on his end because otherwise it's just him in this sequence of events where he's trying to get off the train trying to not like keep hold of this case and yet somehow he still gets caught up in that um which can be fun like some of the gags that they do uh was pretty cool like when uh aaron taylor johnson tangerine was preventing him from getting off because he needed a fall guy and then brad pitt had to kick him off the train like i think some of those things were cool but for the most part, it just left me wondering, like, where was the tension or the stakes in terms of his character when there were multiple opportunities, it seemed like, to just hand the case over and wipe your hands clean of the situation. I feel like there should have been something more um, in terms of his mission that was compelling him to have to still be a part of everything that was going on. Mm. So, yeah, I feel like that was a, a missed opportunity there. Um, but I will say, Lemon and Tangerine... Brian Tyree Henry and Aaron Taylor Johnson. Yeah. I thought they were highlights of the film. Yeah. I, I thought, thought they were great. great. They were mm-hmm. great. They, they had very good chemistry. I really like the accents. I really love the, it didn't, <laughs> like it didn't too, make bro. me laugh that much, but I could feel the work they were putting in and I appreciated it. Like it wasn't like super funny, but they definitely had chemistry and I like, I respected that they went for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. And, I think uh, like, they made me laugh sometimes, but not as much as I think they were intending to. Yeah, I think their charisma and their chemistry um, mm-hmm. made up for a lot of the banter because you're right, the actual things they were saying wasn't quite as funny mm-hmm. um, as they could have been. And they were definitely like with that dynamic going for a a Guy Ritchie, Quentin Tarantino type thing. But yeah. the writing is just not at the level um, that those guys hit. So it didn't quite land in that way. But yeah, definitely just you could tell. I mean, they were enjoying themselves as they were doing it, the performance they were putting in. Um, you could feel that. And so I think that definitely mm-hmm. made up for uh, the lack of really fiery dialogue. Yeah. But I will say the gag about Thomas, the tank engine wasn't about, it. I think I sprinkled think, in, it could work. I but think the it problem was, the was that it started out too strong. If they had worked their way up to it, because I love the way it caps off where he, he puts Diesel on the back of Joey King's character. I agree. That was like a smart one. finds it. I love that speech he's giving about 
Lemon and how he knows people and like he says the same thing that Lemon does out of like respect. And then he has Diesel on the on the 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 cylinder of the gun. He's like, mm-hmm. and you're the Diesel. Like I really love that little like reveal for him and like how he goes about it. And then I do like how it caps off with with Ladybug walking in and then just killing him. I liked it. <laughs> I didn't like. That. I, know you, just felt... I know you disagree, but I think <laughs> just because it ties into that idea of Joey King's character has really good luck and Ladybug's character has really bad luck, and he accidentally kills people all the time. I like it. He's a snatch and grab guy, but people keep dying when he's doing his jobs, and that's he thinks it's bad luck. And then he kills Tangerine on accident. Right. Spare, I wish and spares Joey King, who is the actual Diesel. Yeah, the the reason I didn't like that one, I think they should have built up that montage earlier on when they were talking about, oh, people die around me all the time. They showed one example and the guy didn't even die. They should so have done more. Yeah, they should have done more. Yeah. Um, so that's why I also don't like that route. That would have been a good comedy bit if he accidentally kills a bunch of people in a yeah. row. I thought that'd be funny. Um, but yeah, they didn't really lean into that. So I don't like the idea of, oh, it's his bad luck and people die around him when he's doing jobs. He does accidentally kill Bad die. Bunny, though. That's true, but that was also like a self-defense thing. He was like actively trying to get. Well, no, it's killed. an accident because he like he like holds up the briefcase and Bad Bunny throws at him and it bounces off the briefcase, stabs him in the heart, and then he falls down and lands on the briefcase and breaks his neck. That is true. Like it's totally an accident. Like Brad Pitt was not trying to kill him at all. Right. It was definitely like this is the craziest wild thing that could have happened in that situation, and it ended up with Bad Bunny's death. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of funny. Like like that's the bad luck happening. Yeah, but then when they when he goes into the car i just don't understand why immediately he gets involved in that like why he's trying to because he knows he also knew on the train that there was something afoot like some weird things going on someone had killed that one person someone is trying to get this case um besides lemon and tangerine so he knows something's going on i don't know why your first reaction when you go in and you see these uh what's his name tangerine talking yeah. about oh diesel and he's pointing the gun at this chick why your first response is just to go and attack tangerine when you know there's probably a likelihood that this is the other person that is probably doing something nefarious on this train well to be fair he has been at odds with tangerine the whole movie and they've been fighting that's true but non-stop. that would make sense if tangerine because tangerine wasn't even like pointing the gun at uh, Brad Pitt at that point. He was just completely... Well, that's the thing is he wasn't trying to kill anybody. He was just trying to stop the situation to learn more and his bad luck got Tangerine killed. Well, yeah, you could have stopped the situation without going in and trying to wrestle the gun away from him. It also didn't seem like he was just trying to stop the situation to like figure out what was going on. It seemed like he was trying to stop it and prevent Tangerine from being able to get away or whatever. Yeah, so, exactly. And then in that process, he kills Tangerine on accident. I know, and it was an accident for sure. I think but you're it's being just a little nitpicky. I don't think it's nitpicky. I just think there. I don't understand the motivation of him coming in and seeing that situation playing out, and then immediately getting involved when all this other time he's trying to get off the train and trying to not get involved. Why is that something that like makes him spring into action when he doesn't know anything that's happening there? And then also him getting shot in the neck, and then he's just dead. And then Lemon, who we thought was dead previously, comes around and sees him. I kind of wish uh, Lemon had just died and not come back. Really? Yeah. How come? Um, I don't really like any of the bits between Lemon and Ladybug in that third bit where like he forgives Ladybug. And I'm like, he did kill your brother. Like I get you're, you're working with him to survive, but 
the end of the day, he did still kill your brother, even if it was an accident. I feel like you'd have a stronger reaction to it than just trying to fight him once and then giving up. And then also, it's like you he didn't do much in that third act other than just back up Ladybug. I thought True. it was the only thing that really built up is that he goes and he, he, he works the train and he's like, you're like Thomas. Like, <laughs> like that's the only bit that like he, he works up to that and driving the tangerine truck into Joey King's character. Which I thought it was a good, bit. good irony. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I don't think it was enough to really justify his role in that last bit. Right. I did sort of just like that. Like they had multiple fake outs where the one dude, he's like the bad father he mm-hmm. gets shot and he's stuffed away, but then he actually survives. And same deal with Lemon, he actually survives. So it made me sad that Tangerine actually did get straight up killed and he doesn't come back at all. Yeah. Um, I will say I did like the bit with the water bottle where it, it does the water and then it like just rolls a bunch like it's the Chef Boyardee commercial. Uh huh. I thought that was great. To me, I didn't think we needed it. I think we instantly could have put the two and two together with just the like number one the bottle showing up we're going to recognize that bottle and number well, two if you just did the name well the bottle cool. is fate like that's the bottle is the fate i know i understand but we didn't need it we could put two and two together without having the whole good way going back to it failing to get out of the i like that i thought it was funny the machine and then he's getting it and he didn't even want the water and i thought, I thought it was, it was okay. funny i thought i thought it was it, something i thought it, I thought it encapsulated that idea of fate like the whole bit of it rolling through like the Chef Boyardee thing in, in coming into contact with every person on the train and then ultimately being the thing that like saves them. I think that bit of fate worked really well. Yeah. I just know if we needed the cutaway to point all that out. Um, what did you think of the whole uh, daughter? Did she have, what was her like code name? Was it just a daughter? What was it? Prince? The prince. Okay, gotcha. Um, so Joey King. I thought she did quite well because she was despicable. You hated her Mm -hmm. throughout her, at least I did. I wanted her to get her comeuppance. Um, Oh, yeah. And then she had, when it was just her and Michael Shannon, and she was like putting on the waterworks and all that, I thought she was quite splendid with her acting. Like she said, right on schedule. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, So, yeah, I I enjoyed her character. I liked the whole bomb shenanigans like planning that mm-hmm. with the gun um and then also with the case itself so mm-hmm. i enjoyed that i do wish i don't know there was just something missing or something off about that whole side plot with the the her and the bad father um and i can sort of like the idea of lemon having the gun to them and saying okay we're gonna figure out who's the actual mm-hmm. leader who's the mastermind and in order to protect his son, he has to like raise his hand. Um, I liked that. Again, it was a very contrived setup because at one point they want us to believe. or So he keeps saying that Lemon is a great judge of character. And then he even points out multiple times, he's like, oh, I don't really trust this chick. But then he ends up deciding to shoot the one guy based off the like raising the hand and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, so little contrived and getting there and also i don't know if we needed that to point out that he was like trying to be a better father and cared for his son because i mean if he went on this mission and was already he had the chance to shoot her at one point but then when she's like ah think of your kid and he's like oh yeah so we already sort of got that idea from him that he was getting better and like would sacrifice himself for his kid yeah so it's like one of those cool movie moments but the way to get there has to be very artificial that i don't know if it entirely lands yeah, it's I all said and done. That. Yeah. 
I was not a big fan of his arc anyway. His his, his arc as a father, like as a whole. Right. It just felt like there was something missing too. Like I didn't get that attached with him at all just because he was always sort of like serving the her subplot of getting the case and then planting something in there Mm. and again from like the jump we already like his arc so to speak of being a better father we already get that like kind of immediately when he's already trying to get on this mission so yeah i don't know it it didn't quite work um something else i don't think worked at all was the snake has there ever been that much setup for a dumb gag well, that's again, it's fate. Like, it's fate that he was attacked by the horn and got the anti venom and then got attacked by the snake. So he still survived. I know, but the amount of times that they cut to the snake just slithering around, all yeah. for it just to come into one bite against Brad Pitt when he already had the venom. Like, I think I was that was pretty clever that he had back around. I, thought, I was hoping it would come back around again where, like, he wrote on the thing, do not open snake. And then I was hoping somebody would open it and the snake would kill them. I was right. hoping it would come back around again, and it didn't. But mm-hmm. other than that, I thought like I thought it worked fine. Like again, it is still something that serves the theme as opposed to just being stupid, right? But when your so theme okay is wacky bad luck, then anything could fit into that theme. I just think building it up that much for just a gag instead of being like an actual fundamental turn in the plot was just wild. They could have just had him the snake slither out once and then we see him come back later. But they at least five cutaway shots to the snake slithering around just for it to be a joke of Brad Pitt really running around with it on his hand. I'm like, come on. I think you're being nitpicky. I think it I don't think fine. so. I think no, 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 no. Again, you can get away with just the one setup and payoff, but setting it up multiple times, reminding us multiple times about the snake just for it to be a joke and not actually fundamental to any of the plot. Come on. It's a little bit silly. I will say, though, the whole, like, the anti-venom part, him already having that is a pretty clever way to get out of him dying from the snake. I like also he think, has all this bad luck, but it all works in his favor as being fate. Like, he he is the ladybug that holds in the bad luck so that everyone right. else can have good luck, but the Except bad luck still works in his favor. The one that he kills. <laughs> Tangerine, bad yeah. luck. That's like, um, that's like the, the bad bunny. The yeah. hornet. The, the hornet, I thought, was... That was a good fight. Yeah. I was really into that one. The like her coming up, being a part of the in the anime character costume, and then fighting him and with the syringe, and then her mm-hmm. dropping it right into his hand, and then he takes it out and puts it in her and puts the venom into her, and then they have to wait to have her pull out the anti venom. I thought all of that worked. I also thought it was funny. One of the funniest parts I thought was as she's crawling away, and Brad Pitt keeps offering like, "Oh, do you need do you need a blanket?" Do you, do you need water? Do you need me to hold your hand? He kept doing that as she's just writhing in pain, dying. Yeah. Um, I thought that was a fun bit too. So that stuff worked for me for sure. But yeah, the rest of the snake nonsense was was a little much. Yeah. A little over the top. I was hoping that the the what's her name? The 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 concession girl who's going around through the train a bunch. Mm-hmm. I was hoping she'd do more because she's an action actress. She's she's Katana in Suicide Squad and she's in The Boys. And she's in, she's like an action actress. Like she does action stuff. Yeah, and they she did, did nothing. nothing. They did nothing with her. She wasn't it's involved in no action fights. I thought, because I forgot that Zazie Beats was in the movie, I thought that she was going to be the Hornet. And then she mm-hmm. gets she gets bitch slapped by the anime thing. And I was like, oh, it's someone else. And then they did nothing <laughs> with her after that. That was her last scene. 
Mm-hmm. And I was like, damn. I was really hoping she would like come back. True. Do something that cool. Would've been, that would have been interesting. It was a waste of her action talents. Agreed. Very yeah. odd. Uh, okay. Any other uh, things you want to point out? High points, low points in the film? I, uh, I liked in the end after the train crashed and Brad Pitt is laying in the rubble and then Michael Shannon comes up to him and Michael Shannon has the sword halfway through his chest cut all the way down and he's like struggling to walk and he's like half dead and he has a gun in his hand. And then Brad Pitt's like, uh, hey man, I'm not Carver. And then Michael Shannon in complete delirium goes, Carver, 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 Carver. <laughs> he just says like, he has, he like can't say words. So he just says Carver over and over again. And Brad Pitt's like, yeah, man, he called out sick. He's like, call out sick. <laughs> I mean, they still try to shoot him anyway. Yep. And then he and dies. got blown up by the, the bomb. It's a so good yeah, Chekhov's was- gun. Indeed. Um, so yeah, I thought I thought that part was good. Seeing Sandra Bullock come up. Oh, the Channing Tatum uh cameo. I saw that was great. Cool. That was funny. <laughs> he, he, uh, I miss Channing Tatum. I wish he did more. He's so funny. Well, he's coming back, bro. Yeah, this is man. his return. This is his year. The um what was the thing he said as he was walking away? He said something about he's like, look at the way he walks or something like that. Yeah. I like the way he walks. Like, something, something funny like that. It was very mm-hmm. I thought his whole part was very good. <laughs> Agreed. So that was super I like cool. where he says, is it sex stuff? And Brad Pitt's like, no. And then Channing's like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> he wanted so it. Good. He wanted the sex stuff. Yeah, you could tell. He's and waiting then, and then for Aaron Taylor Johnson comes up and he goes, oh, is this the sex stuff? <laughs> he said, finally. Dude, it's so good. Channing Tatum's great. Agreed. But yeah, I think that just about covers it for our talk on Bullet Train. Yeah. So nothing else to add? Nothing else you want to shout out? Uh, I think that's about it. I think that's all I got on the movie. I didn't have too many thoughts watching it. I just thought it was fun, very stylized, had some decent action and, you know, an okay plot, and it was worth one watch. I don't know <laughs> if I'd ever go watch it again. Worth one watch. I think it's I'm, I'm, about I'm right. Gonna, I think I may watch it again in the future, but it'd be hard to pick that over some other action movies, you know? True. There are there are better modern day action movies that are also funnier. You know, Deadpool is one of them, and Deadpool too. Mm-hmm. They're both good, but that's all, all right. I got. Then, out of how many weaponized water bottles out of five? Uh, I'll give it a three. A three? Yeah. There you go. I was debating between a three and a three and a half, but I think I'll give it a three. Dang, I was I'm also debating go lower between those. No, I'm giving it a three point five. Wow. Yeah. That seems so odd. I just felt like three and a half is for a movie that I'd probably watch again, but didn't totally love. And three is for a movie that like I had maybe a good time with, but I'm probably never going to watch it again. Like, I feel like a three and a half for like movies we've reviewed recently is like, maybe not recently, but we talked about us a few weeks ago. I think us is a pretty solid three and a half though. I might drop it down to a three, two. What's a good, what's something we reviewed recently that I said three and a half to that'd be a good example. You gave Jurassic world a four, I believe the original Jurassic world. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that deserved a four. That movie's great. (laughs) Elvis, you gave a four or 3.5. I think I also gave it a four, maybe even a 4.5. I really liked Elvis. Even Mm -hmm. Tom Hanks being ridiculous. I thought was, (laughs) I thought was great. He's just so, so over the top. We can buy a hundred Cadillacs. 
200. <laughs> a thousand Cadillacs. 2000. <laughs> Bro, that's such a good scene. I think you, uh, did you give the original Top Gun a 3.5? Um, you know what? That a four, I think that's a good thing to remember. I think I gave it a four as well. Um, uh, let's see. We got a lot of fours. Yeah, I don't know the last Maverick. time you gave a three point five. We reviewed Doctor Strange. We reviewed The Northman. We reviewed Everything Roll Once. Let's see, we gave Turning Red X. Yeah, I've been I've been very much split on these things. Either fours or threes. I haven't given a lot of. There haven't been a lot of three and a halves to to review, I guess. Maybe I think I gave Uncharted maybe a three and a half. Uncharted is one where it's like, no, nah, I probably gave it a three. Honestly, it's pretty bad. Blade Runner. <laughs> I think I, I talked you down from a three point five. <laughs> I think you're right. Yeah, it was probably definitely a three. Oh, maybe the new Matrix movie I gave a three and a half. That's definitely one where it was like there's a lot of cool stuff. I think they did some very interesting ideas, but they didn't go all the way with it. That I'd probably watch again. Interesting. See, this think, is like oh, did I give Spider Man No Way Home a three and a half? That's that's a three and a half movie right there. No Way Home. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. No. Yeah. No Way Home. Yeah. That's a three and a half for me. Because mm -hmm. like the moments were awesome, but all in all, you know, it's just written really bad. <laughs> the plot's really really bad, but the action is pretty good, and the cameos are really good, and the theater <laughs> experience is really good. This is a great way to lead into a promotion for our letterbox so that that way we will be able to easily go back and see what our actual final scores were indeed go check out our letterbox it at is box, box office, office show, show. Just, at yeah, box, box office, office show. show indeed so we can go ahead and add this film bullet train to mm -hmm. it and then we can add any other films that we've seen recently but yeah for the most part for what we've been reviewing lately and what I've put on the letterbox so far, it'd been mostly the not great films. Yeah. But this one, I mean, you got a three, so that's decent. I got a 3.5, so I enjoyed it. So we're probably going to end up giving it. I, I always thought if we're going to review things on letterboxing so we can only give one review, we'll split it in half. And if it doesn't split easily, we'll review up because I like to be optimistic. So let's give Bullet Train yeah. a three and a half, even though I'm a three. And then you make a note on the review that says Dylan gave it a three. Yeah, I do. I have a. Like I'll do D three R three point five. Yeah, but yeah, so, check out our letterbox. Follow us on Instagram on any service you're listening to us to Spotify, Deezer, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, whatever you're listening to. Give us five stars if you like us. Uh, stay tuned for next week's show. We're talking about Better Call Saul and a bunch of yes. other stuff later this week. So excited! The finale is coming out this weekend. Watch it live, then listen to us talk about it. We're gonna be watching it live. I'm still watching season six. It's going great. What episode are you at? I'm at uh, episode five now. Oh, bro, it's getting, it's going to all come together soon. I got to talk to you about episode three because that shit's crazy. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Dude, it's crazy. It feels like three entirely different seasons. Yeah, it's all nuts. in one. It's wild. Anyway, stay tuned for that. See you all later. Bye.